Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Make sure you subscribe to Five Reasons YouTube. we got daily training camp reports for the Miami Dolphins, Alfredo Arteaga and David Eversol. I was actually out there today as well. Also check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. We do not have a paywall for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, Usam Patel, and others. And the great sponsors of the Five Reason Sports Network. This is our betting sponsor. It's called Better Edge, B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E. That's Better Edge. But go to betteredge.com backslash five reasons. That's where you get $20 to play and you can just try it out. But this is legal. This isn't like the offshore books where you're trying to figure out if you can get your money. Everything is legal there. 45 states it's legal, including the state of Florida, because it's peer-to-peer betting. The other thing that means is you can find the line you want. So if you don't like what the line is, at the sports books, poke around on there, put it up there, and you will find someone to take the other side. So go to betteredge.com backslash five reasons, and you get $20 to play. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this Yay. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. With me on tonight's episode, today's episode, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, we have Alex Toledo. You can follow him on Twitter at Tropical Blanket. We also have Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Ethan Skolnick has the night off. So uh, tonight's floor plan. Um, I don't know. Did I mention that I'm Greg Sylvander? Yeah, I did that. Sometimes I always feel like I don't do that. And then it's like ridiculous that I would continue to go on and not introduce myself. Sorry, folks. Um, Tonight's floor plan, we're going to get into what I think is subconsciously um, kind of punching at the gut. People are starting to feel a little bit of this breathing down their neck. They're getting a little angst about plan C. So first let's identify plan A and plan B, but we really want to get into plan C on this episode. We want to talk about the players that could potentially be pivots for Miami in the event, Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell, plan A and plan B. So that's out of the way. Um, Don't come to fruition, right? So we're going to talk Kyrie Irving. We're going to talk John Collins. We're going to talk a few other options that we all like, uh, but First, let's start with Kyrie. 
Ethan took this episode off because this was going to be about Kyrie. So let's also make sure that that's out in the universe. Um, sorry, Ethan. Alex, what is this Kyrie situation? Because to me, the talent is there. It's low risk because he's on a short deal, which usually like I feel like Miami generally would take that kind of risk. Like they'll bet on themselves to make that kind of thing work. The talent is there. The youth is there. Um, the, if you, the value for Kyrie is, is non-existent, basically, it feels like, to some degree. Why the hell is this not more obvious? And, and just tell me your overall feelings on Kyrie Irving in Miami. Um, I guess it's not more obvious, and it's not on the same tier um, of – move as Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell, even though probably many of us or, you know, would say that Kyrie and Donovan might be in the same tier of player and, and Durant is in his own tier compared to those guys. But the difference is Durant and Mitchell are locked up for three, four years. I think Mitchell is, is three or four. I know KD is four seasons. So they, they're locked up for the long term. And um, the thing with Kyrie is he's got one year. And the thing is, you, you know, the baggage, right. When it comes to, what's happened over the past couple of seasons with the vaccine stuff. It's not relevant anymore. The mandate is not there anymore. Um, obviously COVID is not done yet, but as far as the actual mandate that kept him out of games, so many games, and that was the ultimate, you know, that was the big uh, focus of the drama overall. The, the recent drama with him was that missing all those games and having to figure out, you know, not playing on the road because he couldn't play at home. That's just a disastrous situation, and it's not the case anymore. They wouldn't have to deal with that. The guy, theoretically, when you're just talking about on the floor, solves a lot of the issues or at least um, gets you a lot closer to solving a lot of the offensive you know, issues when it comes to scoring and creating in the half court. Gives another, uh, gives Jimmy and Bam another guy that they can rely on to do all that stuff. Kyrie can play off ball. I think he's a better um, defender than he's given credit for, you know, and I'm not going to say he's a great defender or anything like that, but a lot of the data kind of backs it up too, that he's actually solid and we, we've seen him turn it up in the playoffs. So at least, you know, he's not um, a bad defender, which just in that is valuable, right? Where you don't have to worry as much. And so I think it's something that when, when you consider all of these things and his value being so low compared to Mitchell and KD, it's something that they absolutely should consider. Now, I'm not going to say it's easy, right? Whereas I feel like a lot of Heat fans are kind of making it out to be this simple black and white thing. I understand he comes with baggage. I, I saw that. I think it was a Barry tweet where he was kind of suggesting that he doesn't fit what the Heat do and kind of their collective persona of uh, being about the team over self, right? I don't know if that's true. I, I feel like Kyrie loves playing basketball, and I feel like that's all it would be about here. Right. I think he's got the relationship with Jimmy um, and I think he'll be a great fit on the floor. It's not easy because and, and I don't know if we're going to get into this, but we probably will. But the trade price, even though it's a lot lower than what you would have to send out for a Mitchell or a KD, it's still stuff that you would have to give out that's valuable to, to the team. So that in itself makes it a tough conversation. But um, I think that's something that they should seriously consider if the KD Donovan Mitchell stuff, you know, just doesn't work in their favor. Yeah, we should preface all this by saying they're going to see plan A out. They're going to see plan B all the way out. They may even be telling plan B, y'all need to chill the hell out while we deal with plan A. 
and everybody thinks it's like Miami's chasing Donovan Mitchell, they may just be holding and waiting uh, for the best and final because the Kevin Durant stuff's not done. I, I think people are overstating some of this seven, eight draft pick report stuff, garbage reporting. Um, no disrespect to anybody, of course. Uh, Brady, this is um, Alex talked about the stuff that he would do on offense differently. And the obvious talent upgrade in terms of just the scoring mentality, things that he brings. I agree when Alex said he'd be all about basketball. Sometimes players like Kyrie that, are, that this noise follows when you get in Miami and it's tunnel vision all about basketball. That actually is very healthy. It's like the great, it's a great environment for them to operate in. Heat PR will keep the people that annoy them away. So it's like also good from that direction. But this is what I want to know from you, Brady. Let's assume Kyle Lowry comes in and he is in great shape and he has a bounce back. We're going to call it bounce back season, not because he was so bad or anything like that, but because there were definitely areas where he could play better. He could be in better condition, et cetera. Let's say he's at his best self. Do you think Jimmy Butler values Kyrie Irving and Kyle Lowry equally and what different attributes do those two guys bring to the team like what would change if it was Kyle Lowry at his best or if it was Kyrie Irving yeah I think if you're talking about Jimmy Butler and what he values if he values winning I think he should value Kyrie Irving at this stage much higher than Kyle Lowry and that's not a shot at Kyle Lowry at being at his best self I just think it's more of what Kyrie Irving is as the basketball player. Uh, you mentioned the baggage that comes with it. My kind of stance on all of this has been, if the Miami Heat believe that they can kind of control all of the stuff off the basketball court, then I think myself, everybody here, and everybody listening would basically say, okay, like you're in. Because if you can get that kind of sign of approval, the basketball stuff is a given. Like if you talk about that, and then if you bring in the value of a package that we were kind of discussing pre-show, Let's just say hypothetically you can keep a Tyler and you have a Kyrie, Tyler, Jimmy Bam kind of core. That is something you can build off of. Like that is something majorly you can build off of. I think about on the court, it fixes everything in the half court, in my opinion. Like a lot of the stuff that we talk about being shrinking in the half court has been one PJ Tucker kind of shrinking things in the corner and the guys help off. And number two is there's been times when, when Kyle's not aggressive and taking that shot off the screen, it shrinks the court even more. So there's those two elements uh, we could talk about filling the first one, but if you just fill that second one and kind of get Kyrie Irving, who is a well-known ISO score, pick and roll score, uh, handler, creator, everything along those lines, that fixes basically everything there. And then you still have the Tyler Heroes and the Jimmy Butlers and the Bam Adebayos. Like, I think that's just where I come down on it, that if that is the package, uh, it's, it's still kind of a risk, and you mentioned it. I don't know if you guys would agree, but I, I kind of compare it to the Kawhi situation. Like, cause it, it, I think he has, it's one year left on his deal. Right. Right. Greg, it's one year left. Correct. So it is, it is a bit of a risk because especially when you're dealing with Kyrie Irving, you don't know what he's going to be thinking by next free agency. Like you, you can't say, even if he tells you that he would, he would want to resign and come back. You cannot really fully engage with that and believe that because ha -ha, all Boston, of a sudden keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's correct but if you flow into that and then it's your last season like this is now or never basically and that's i think the way they want to do things anyway this is the jimmy butler window we constantly talk about so if there's a time to do now or never it's now uh but in terms of just pure basketball 
no matter what you would have to give up a lot outside of those core three core guys. Like I, I do believe that's a pretty big upgrade at least uh, just to say like, and even just look at some of the numbers. Like I know he played less games, but like he was still putting up like elite numbers this season, like still averaging 27 a game uh, shooting 42% from three in the regular season. Like these are just insane numbers. Like to add that to a, a core of Jimmy Butler and others uh, and other, just from the obvious of skill set, like, thinking about the years he played with LeBron and kind of moved off the ball and basically said, LeBron, in the playoffs, you can take this. I'll work myself in and still be elite, but I'll give you the reins here in these spots. That is what I imagine he would do with Jimmy Butler. I think we've seen Jimmy in that one interview talk about if there's one player he'd want to play with, it'd be Kyrie. Uh, I would think Kyrie would at least feel somewhat of vice versa, that he would have the respect uh, to give Jimmy those spots where I think, personally, I think it would really work just on the basketball-wise. But as we know, you want to go that's, just not, it's, that's just not the way things work, though, is always is just, just basketball. That's kind of where I come down on it. If they, like I said before, if they can agree on the stuff off the court, like I think everybody here would just immediately sign up, sign off on the basketball stuff. No doubt. I think that there was um, everybody's ears and uh, eyebrows perked up when Barry wrote in a column on, in the Miami Herald and, and Barry and Anthony, Anthony have done great work all throughout the off season. Shout out to them uh, over at the Herald. Um, they mentioned something like Kyle Lowry has been informed that he has not been offered for Kyle or for Kyrie Irving or something like that. Um, I thought that that was just an interesting nugget to float out there. Uh, it almost makes me think that it's the direct opposite of that situation. But I do have to say, and I want you guys to weigh in here as we close on Kyrie. If he is this all-world player, and he's one of my favorite players to watch, um, I actually think a lot of uh, the spiritual stuff that he's down with is uh, cooler than you think it is, um, but misunderstood to a large degree. Some of this stuff is completely ridiculous and I get it, but I mean, he's not out breaking laws. So like, let's not treat him like he's some sort of outcast to society. That's a bad example to the, uh, to the youth. The, the vaccine stuff was obviously a red flag, but like, is he that toxic y'all? Like, I guess this is where I'm going. Like, I can't understand. This is such a slam dunk. You can keep Tyler Hero. You keep basically most of your assets. What are we talking about here? Kyle Lowry, maybe Jovich, and an additional draft pick or something like that. Um, maybe they want like a win now player because they don't want to tank. Like, Alex, I guess I'm coming to you on this. Like, why the hell is he so, um, like, why is the temp so cold on Kyrie? Yeah, it's a little too cold for my liking. And I know Ethan, uh, if he was here, would, would have uh, a different message, right? And I think that's something that we're missing from here because I feel like we all kind of agree a lot on this topic, whereas Ethan definitely would not. And that would have been useful. But um, I'm sure we're going to get <laughs> we're going to bring it up another time to drudge up some content here. But really. The Kyrie thing to me, um, other than the whole one year thing, the reason I think people are so cold on it and, and, you know, the baggage, it just feels like, you know, he hasn't been that successful since he left the Cavs. And it's kind of all just ended up with, you know, tomatoes on his face, theoretically, <laughs> metaphorically, whatever. Uh, and like the way that it ended in Boston was like the after he made it seem like he was going to resign earlier in the season. 
uh, the Brooklyn thing just went so, so poorly relative to the type of talent they had. It ended so quickly. Like, I think people are wondering if, if he's that guy anymore, if he was just, you know, someone who got hot at the right time playing with LeBron. I, I don't know if that's what it is, right? I'm just trying to speak for that side, but I don't really believe that. I think he's a great player. And just looking through some of the, the advanced stats here, I'm not going to go through them, but like a lot of them very much heavily, heavily favor him over the past few seasons on both ends of the floor. Again, I'm not going to say that he's some all-star defender or anything, anything like that, but when the advanced stats are telling you something, you know, I'm going to factor that into my thinking. Right. And it's, it's surprising to me because it's been on, on teams that haven't even ranked high defensively, like these uh, Brooklyn Nets teams, right. Where there's also been mitigating circumstances where he doesn't play, it still favors him. And on, on offense, the, the data is that he is elite of the elite. Right. So it, it backs up the eye test of, we know that he is one of the most creative and, efficient scorers right and even though we know he's not a top 10 maybe not a top 15 player um he's right there he's right there and he, he's an awesome player and i think just a great fit we know the relationship like i said and so i think it, it's really a hand in glove fit when you when you look at the talent that the heat already have with jimmy and bam um now the trade price uh i i think if you want to say that trading kyle jovich a pick, something like that, uh, a trade package like that is too much. I, I get it. I personally would, would think long and hard about it and would probably end up pulling the trigger. And but, I made uh, that up to our listeners, just so y'all know. Like, I, I think that's I, something that makes sense, though, because I was thinking of a package similar to that before, and I think that's just probably us presuming that they would do that before trading their best young asset in Tyler Hero, probably because, you know, there's like 14 years between the two, right. with Kyle and Tyler. But um, we know that they probably, you know, don't love having to trade Kyle Lowry in any trade because of the, the relationship with Jimmy. And it's only been a year into it. We, he had a really rough year personally and then had the injury in the playoffs. So they didn't even really have a shot to prove himself. So I just think the whole thing is tough because we know they don't want to deal Tyler. And so even though there's a package that makes sense here for both sides, I, I don't know that that's something that would end up happening. I just hope that that's something that they would you know, seriously consider. Cause I, I think it would be so much fun to watch here. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, it would definitely be high risk, but damn, it would be high reward. Um, and yeah, I guess some would even argue that the risk is not as high because you can cut ties. Um, but it would n not be, um, the worst option I'll, I'll just like let's just put that out there like come on now if kd ends up somewhere else which um you know all that phoenix stuff was so loud and look what it's like now donovan mitchell the Knicks stuff was so loud all those picks were going to new york and um that hasn't happened yet so i think like all of that sh stuff is bullshit and he is um, a puppeteer man yeah, like that's what I mean. Like, and everyone's like, and you see this on Twitter, and I know it's a very small tunnel vision microcosm of the world. So let's not take it for anything more than that. But that subset, that small little bit that we do get a glance at when you go on to Heat Twitter, it was just ridiculous. Um, so let me tell you about something that's a little less risky than a Kyrie Irving move. That's playing daily fantasy on prize picks the easiest fastest way to play daily fantasy sports that i know of my favorite fantasy app 
Uh, you pick over or under on player props. You can win up to 10 times your cash. Play now. Uh, they have golf. They have MLB. They have WNBA, which I've been playing a lot lately. That's super fun. Uh, NBA props, NFL futures. NFL is coming up now. They're doing that. Uh, they basically have uh, props for everything. You can uh, stack players, do power plays. You can do flex plays. Uh, really big payouts. They've paid out over $650 million since they've started. But here's the key, y'all. All of this information will do you no good unless you go to prizepicks.com or download the app and use the code 5, F-I-V-E. That'll double your initial deposit up to $100. That'll get you started. You can go on there. You can, the, the smallest bet you can make is 5 bucks. So you can really like play small and get used to it. It's a lot of fun. Reach out to me, DM me on Twitter if you have questions. I love to chop it up about prize picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E, to double your initial deposit up to $100. All right, so the Kyrie Irving thing, we're not going to talk about anymore. But, man, it's exciting. Um, but just, I don't know, something feels like it's not going to happen. So let's play out the scenario, y'all. Uh, KD is gone wherever he ends up. Mitchell is gone wherever he ends up. Um. Kyrie Irving somehow because uh, just this is the way the league works ends up in LA because that just has to happen. Right. So now the heat are canvassing the league for what the hell are we going to do to salvage this off season? And they have an interesting decision to make because there's going to be players out there that they can go and get, but it's going to take some of the assets that they would otherwise have available for a future move for a really big star. And it also is going to require financial commitments that will take them definitively into the luxury tax. There will be no skating out of the tax by trading a minimum player at the buzzer on the deadline. You, you're paying the tax, or are you prepared to do that? So in that context, with all that in mind, the player that I think all fans, at least that we've pulse checked and, and keep me on. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Honest, if y'all think that it's somebody else... I think everyone would be most excited, the most upside, the most like, wow, okay, we got an impact player is John Collins, right? Am I missing anybody? We're going to do a later segment where we all talk about guys that we like otherwise. So don't give up that. Forget I asked that question. Let's just stick here. Um, like, what do we think about a John Collins trade? It would be Duncan Robinson because uh, you got to match the money. So then it would also be maybe Jovich when he's ready to be traded because that's another $2 million. Um, That likely gets you pretty damn close just by the, the 125% rule or however that goes, but you're taking on more than you're sending out. Brady, I'll go to you first. Talk to me about what you think John Collins would bring to Miami. Is he a big enough upgrade to sacrifice an asset because you likely are going to have to give up a first-round pick of some kind? Um, or a player that you like, maybe they're going to want a rotation player. Uh, what are your thoughts on John Collins as kind of like the uh, tertiary option in all of these? 
Yeah, well, if the Durant stuff passes, the Mitchell stuff passes, and the hero extension hits, then it's basically like uh, pretty much you saying it's time to move on to that other option. John Collins, I think, would be that type of option. I think that would pretty much uh, be next in line. In terms of uh, an upgrade, I think it's pretty clear he's an upgrade on this roster because he actually be a four. Like before we even talk about John Collins in itself, like John Collins actually being a power forward is pretty helpful, I guess, at this stage. Uh, and he would just plug right into the starting lineup. I guess, uh, how would he fit in terms of offensively? I think there's some things like the biggest thing is just being the dynamic roller. Like, I think that's the thing we constantly talk about. Uh, I've been skeptical at times about the fit with Bam. I think there's some balance there, and I think there's some times where they may get in each other's way, which they could probably work out over time. But I think on paper, there's times when they can get in each other's way. Uh, one of the things that's clear is with Collins as a roller, like when, there's a certain big on the floor that is not a spacer and he's rolling on that side of that guy. It's never really that great. Like he's much better as a roller in space, like with a bunch of shooters around him, which Miami could very well do. Like they can run lineups around that to, to maximize that, but there's still the element of, can they make it work with Bam? And I think the reason they can is uh, they fill different slots in terms of Bam is, I don't believe Bam's going to be an elite, elite post player. Like I, I believe he's going to work on the face of game, become more, uh, in that realm of the mid-range pull-up. John Collins is a pretty trusted post-up player for not being, uh, as as Alex says, it having the acreage. Like, he's just – he's a little bit smaller in terms of uh, pure size, but he's a post-up guy. Like, he enjoys being in the, that low post area, which not a lot of guys on their team do. Maybe Yurt is, like, their only guy. Everybody else is mid-post turnarounds. Uh, Collins would at least give them, a, like, a different dynamic there. Uh, and other than that, like, other than this past season, I think it was at 36% from three this past season. The two seasons before that, he shot 40% and 40%. Like, adding that to your roster is not the worst idea, with, along with the other stuff and along with the guy, a guy that is, uh, like, 24, 25 and still improving. Like, that is not the worst idea in the world. You get a guy that can space and shoot above the break. Uh, and the defensive stuff, I feel like the tools are there. Like, he's still – uh, he's more of a weak side guy, which kind of tends to some stuff Miami wants to do. If Bam wants to switch out, John Collins can play the low side and be pretty dominant in that kind of field. So I think on paper, a lot of this stuff works. It just comes down to the points we keep making is them basically going all in on this option because I, I really have a hard time seeing Miami going this route because I don't think they want to believe that they're out of like the big stakes because that means – if they go this route, they're out of it. Like, they're out of all the big names. If tomorrow another name breaks out that we're not even discussing, like, they can't jump into that because they just gave up these assets. So that's where it comes hard for me. Uh, but in terms of pure value and, and just as a player and plugging him in, if we're just talking X's and O's, I think it could definitely work just kind of talking about him as the basketball player. Yeah, so Alex, are would you sacrifice an asset or two if – so? Mind you, this is under the, the hypothetical that KD is on to his destination, so he's not an option. Mitchell's not an option. You don't know who the next player will be. Inevitably, there will be one, but a lot of people just signed extensions. People are kind of getting comfortable, getting them checks, but you know another one's coming. Do you sacrifice an asset for John Collins? Is he good enough to put this team over the top if they were to get that right? Um that what, what do you do i mean i guess that's like the biggest dilemma right out of all of this um do you think that it would be a worthy gamble 
the worthy gamble question and the putting the heat over the top question are two different ones because I do think it could be a worthy gamble and it still might not put the heat over the top. And I think that that's the thing with this John Collins move is he is so much younger than these other fours that we've talked about, right? That might be, uh, you know, at a similar uh, price range when you're talking about what you have to give up if you're the Heat, right? Duncan, uh, uh, perhaps Jovich, perhaps uh, a different first-round pick. For Collins, it might be Duncan and two picks because how uh, how young he is. He's going to turn 25 in September, which means he's going to be, you know, 25 when the season starts, same age as Bam. So it fits that timeline perfectly. Everybody knows, like, uh, the Heat have played the Hawks four times a year, every year, and every uh, broadcast, they always mention how he's from Florida, uh, so there's always that connection. And just like Brady in the past on this uh, podcast, I've also been skeptical of the fit as far as, you know, trading a lot for John Collins. They're thinking that he's going to solve everything and he won't, he's not somebody that you trade for to solve everything or to put you over the top. But I think he's somebody who will put you a lot closer and looking at uh, more into him, comparing him to these other fours we've talked about um, over and over all of his stuff is very, very favorable. So it's not just the age. It's the actual production he's giving you. Offensively, he is just at his position, elite, right? Brady talked about what he can do out there, how he can serve you multiple ways. I think my biggest skepticism came from him just serving as solely a stretch for on offense, where I think you would get mitigated results because you're, you know, trading him on a deal where he, where he signed for five years, 125 mil. So I thought, that, you know, maybe it wouldn't be worth the gamble to give up multiple picks. But if you're using him in, in different ways, like I know Spo could and would, I think it makes sense. I think he's a better defender than I gave him credit for. He's a good rebounder, much better than I gave him credit for, too. Not that, you know, I, I thought he was a bad rebounder, but I think he would do a good job in this system. And I think it, it would give them more size in a conference where the two best teams have size. Um, so I just think it's a really good fit. And even though I was skeptical hours ago of the thought of trading two first for him, the more I look into him, I'm like, you know, what? it's not a terrible idea. Again, just not only from a on the floor fit move, but also from a team building move. Like he's 25 years old and look, the it's not going to be the same exact fit as playing with Trey Young, a guy who demands so much attention from the outside where Jimmy plays inside out. Bam is already uh, there on the floor a lot too. So he might not have the comfiest looks compared to what he was getting in, uh, you know, in Atlanta, just a, a lot of those uh, easy lob attempts. Uh, but I still think he would be a really nice fit here. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Um, I think that you're right. Like John Collins has value beyond just this one transaction where some of the other older guys, it's like, if you like were to get Harrison Barnes, like, are you really going to start to like, think like that you can flip him for more assets not as much as you could a guy like john collins so you're right it does add a layer of complexity to this where you could get him and still be in the running for top players if you can just salvage enough assets to still stay in the conversation the, the jimmy and bam move right like he's the one that strides the line between both timelines it's very true um from those they, fours, i mean if they don't get Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, which I don't think is really going to be viable, which is probably the reason why that that's going to happen. And now John Collins, if all of that stuff doesn't come to fruition, there are going to be a ton of people that call the heat off season a disaster. 
And when a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, their whole team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are third-generation contractors in South Florida, so they continue to maintain that sterling reputation. It's extremely important to them to uphold that. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida... They're a licensed building contractor. They provide A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in any other contractors. They'll handle it all for you. This is that easy. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell, 954-579-0356. Again, that's Water Cleanup of Florida. Call Michael, 954-579-0356. Tell him five on the floor sent you. He'll take great care of you. If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right, we're closing quick here. So I don't want to know a lot about why you like these transactions, these players. Like, I just want your hot takes. We haven't talked about them yet. I'm going to throw out a gross option first. But, like, let's just say we are down, down bad. Um, who, would, who would trade Duncan Robinson straight up for Bertans in Dallas? Just straight up, no picks involved. Swap it straight out. Oh. Absolutely not. I'm good. Brady? I personally wouldn't do it. Okay. So we are, we, there's a consensus there because like, as I trolled around some of the people that I speak to league wide, they were like, Hey, that's a guy you could probably get for Duncan straight up. <laughs> Nobody likes that one. I mean, Alex. isn't that, isn't that the contract that that's making a lot of these things work anyway? Like it, if you throw that away for a Bertans, then how does that stuff work? You'd have to use Berton's contract, but you'd have to wait the appropriate time to be able to aggregate him. And mm -hmm. I don't love any of that. So like that, this is, I, as I mentioned, shout out to Jid, J-I-D, however you say it, Dreamville, down, down, bad. Sorry. Sometimes I just go off on hip hop tangents. Um, Alex, somebody we didn't talk about. Who do you like out there? Like who's a plan C? that we haven't spoken about that you'll go into into the season and be like you know what i know it didn't end up the way we wanted it to end up but i'm all right with this so other than the guys that we've talked about today let's say all of those things are not possible anymore for whatever reason right they're not available anymore or they were traded elsewhere etc um and look, I've mentioned Harrison Barnes plenty of times in the past but i'm not going to do that here just cuz i like i said i've mentioned him so many times at this point um, Bojan, Bojan Bogdanovic from the Jazz is one that I had not given a lot of uh, thought to, you know, other than the past couple of weeks and, you know, with the Jazz stuff, uh, coming to the surface and he's one that has been put out there is available. You know, the Jazz seem to, uh, be leaning into a full rebuild and thus, you know, are selling their guys for their win now players for whatever they can get draft capital wise. Right. And so I think you might have to send out a pick to do it. Uh, you send out Duncan, maybe your something like that. I don't think you would have to send out Jovic, right? Uh, but Bogdanovich is somebody who sneakily averages like 17, 18 points every year, right? Not to, you know, I went from talking about advanced stats uh, podcast talking about points per game, but like really he's an elite shooter. He's somebody who can get you a bucket every now and then, uh, you know, pretty good for the, the tier of guys that we're talking about here. Right. And so if you can get him for a price like that, I think it'll be pretty nice, even though he does not 
um, serve you in the ways that you want to, um, a PJ replacement defensively or on the boards, right, which is what you would need out of a four. I think having him play 25 minutes more or less uh, is still something that could really, really help out their offense. They could, you know, we're talking about leaning offense, right, and that being the theme for uh, this next uh, season, and I think that's a really nice way to do it because he gives you what Duncan does plus more, right, plus a good amount more. And so despite his his faults, I think they had the type of roster to, to work around uh, his weaknesses, and I think he would be a really nice addition. Brady, who you got that we haven't spoke about yet? Yeah, Alex came up with a good one, just kind of an undercover one. I'm going more mainstream. I think somebody that is constantly being talked about, and that's Miles Turner. Like, that's uh, – the reason I think the first thing I want to say is that not that I think it, you can get him for nothing – but you can basically get him for nothing. Like, like you, you see what they just did for Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. And it, it's just pretty crazy because I, I really believe that you really, you probably have to give up less for a Miles Turner type than anybody we've talked about. Like, it just seems like that's uh, the way it's heading. It's also I'm pretty sure a contract year for him. It's going to be his final year in his deal. Uh, so that kind of shades into things as well. Uh, but it's a guy, once again, that could shoot above the break. Uh, it's a guy that can basically defend and, and shot block at the rim. It's a little bit of a different defender than the guys we've been talking about. Uh, but generally, it, it just fits a lot of things. And we keep talking about finding a four. Uh, we could have the BAM 4-5 discussion over and over and over. But if BAM's the four, that's okay. If you find a four, that's okay. You just kind of need a four. And I think then everybody would kind of feel much more comfortable. Uh, and I know we're talking about kind of the, the fit of Collins and BAM being mucked up a little bit at times because of the way that would work. Uh, but I really believe they would use Turner as like a strict popper. Like, I feel like they would really use him as a drifter above the break to make it work next to Bam. Uh, they can do that similarly with John Collins, but I think the idea there is to kind of move Turner around mostly as a screener and just kind of keep popping him out there because that's the thing I keep coming back to when we have these Yurtsman conversations because I know everybody wants them to go big, but the only way you can go big for it to work is for Yurtsman to play like a Miles Turner type and you to utilize them uh, in those different ways. And Turner's proven already that he could kind of be utilized like that. So I think that's just a, a decent option just because uh, he's a starter level player to plug in there. The question becomes, we know how Eric Spolster utilizes lineups and a lot of these bigger guys end up shading out in the playoffs. And he goes all of a sudden, Jimmy's at the four in the playoffs and he's riding out all these Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent hero lineups. Uh but I think he could, he's the type of guy among that grouping that would stick long enough. Like, even if he does get played off slightly, let's just say at the end of games, I think he could stick long enough to make it work, at least as a starter and playing a good amount of minutes. Uh, and the defensive stuff, like I said, the shot blocking, I think is a, uh, a, a difference maker because we keep talking about them leaning offense. But if they can find a different wrinkle defensively, that is a different wrinkle defensively. If you have a pure shot blocker that's averaging basically three blocks a game like that, uh, and you can kind of move around offensively. So I'm just I'm I'm intrigued by that option. And like I said before, it seems like it's decently cheap among these other options. It's true. Now that the Aiton thing isn't happening, I'm interested to see if that's going to make Indy say like, who the hell else is going to play center? And then uh, they're not as motivated to move him since he is kind of expiring, and they can just let that play out. Yeah, but you're right. Young bigs. They do. And Jalen Smith, they signed and kind of promised him the starting power forward spot. But, uh, you know, the center spot, I think, is still open. But you're right, they, Nazi. they also have um, Isaiah Jackson, like low key. They have young, young bigs that they've drafted recently with first round picks. So that's true. 
I, I think it would behoove them to move him before the, the season starts. I like that you. I'm more into that fit than you might think, by the way. I'm definitely more into that fit than you might think, especially after getting the Brady approval. That's like, you know, the most or second most important thing, perhaps behind Nikaias. You know why I like it? Two things, and then we're gonna we're gonna close up shop because Ethan will be pissed we went too long. Um, I like that it through the regular season when we need to eat some innings. That I feel like he just inherently by the fact that he can protect the rim, they would find ways for him to spell Jimmy and Bam having to shoulder so much of that damn defensive responsibility. So that's one thing I like about the Miles Turner thing. And also, um, although he doesn't move the greatest, uh, I think that you're right. Like late in playoff games, when the game kind of does slow down, you can find ways to keep him on the floor and he can shoot so like um so those are all things that i think celtics i think it's a it's a pretty nice like way to uh, match up with those two you're right Uh, i think like riley cringes his ass off whenever we're in a series now and it was first when um the lakers in 2020 in the finals when like the two bigs came out there and all of a sudden that length and that height was killing them riley hates having to watch that so i think just having that option would be interesting an interesting wrinkle I'm going to uh, close with probably the least intriguing of the options, but the one that I think is most realistic. I think that if all else fails, they can circle back to Phoenix and say, listen, we'll take Landry Shamit's four-year deal at, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, um, I don't know, eight, nine million dollars. But it's as long as Duncan's deal is, but it's for a lot less money. Add Jay Crowder to him for Duncan Robinson. They're familiar with Jay Crowder. He's on an expiring contract that can plug and play him. Spolstra can do the same types of things that he did with PJ Tucker to to some degree. Um, So I think that that's kind of like the the realistic one. Also, obviously, the intel that they were so close on the Jay deal before makes me think they could circle back to that kind of situation. I'm speculating on the portion with Landry Shaman. I just don't see how anyone's taking Duncan's long-term money without some sort of hook. And so that's why I'm thinking that Shamit could be involved. But that was the one that I thought of in terms of a way of getting through this season with a viable four. Um, any last thoughts before we're out of here? Duncan for Larry Markin is straight up. I do. I don't know if I throw a pick for that, but I would do it straight up. I yeah, just no, picks. Right no picks. No, no picks. No picks. Even though he's a lot, you know, not a lot younger, but he's younger. And he was a, a, a you know, a lottery pick, a pretty high pick not that long ago. I, I, you giving up assets for Marcus Morris? A first at most. And even then I, I would, I would hesitate, but I think, I think he's worth it. After looking into him a little bit too, I think he, the, the, the shot creation he gives you would be worth dunking in the first. Brady, you giving up a first for Harrison Barnes? Not Jovich. Not Jovich. Whoa. You're the first fan to say that. Brady, um, <laughs> Barnes, would you give up a future first for Harrison Barnes? I think I would. I think it's the same thing in the bracket of Morris. I think I would go limit to one first rounder. And I think, I think if you can use a Morris Barnes type, the veteran, if you're going the veteran route and using limited assets, I think they plug it for long enough where you can work around the edges and kind of work from there. And I think uh, you have a, a valuable replacement that I know we already done pods on these guys, but like that gives you a viable replacement for the time being. And it kind of bridges the gap, I guess, for this season, at least give you a fighting chance uh, and not have to worry, I guess, about the deadline and making moves for them. Heat fans, I hope we never have to address this pot again because obviously we are going for big swing, whale hunting, 
Let's hope it pans out. But if not, maybe this podcast will be illuminating in terms of other options. Thank you for joining us. Ethan will be back the rest of the week. Um, shout out to our sponsors, Water Cleanup of Florida and Price Picks and also uh, Better Edge, a uh, really great uh, betting app that we are uh, working with, a web-based app. Definitely check that out. Good night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.